Well, you've caught me on the hop, I think. Yes, you have. I didn't even get time to play the ads. Good afternoon and welcome to the Arts Programme on Ross FM. I am absolutely delighted to be uh, here on Studio uh, Wednesday. I hope you're all sitting with your cup of tea. We will have music later on so you can get up and do the dancing. I'll be talking to Catherine Sheridan, who is going to be chatting to us about Romeo and Juliet. I'm sure you remember that from school. John Connell is here from uh, Longford, and he's, well, from Banalee, actually, from Kilo, Banalee, County Longford. And John is going to be chatting to us about the Granard Book Festival. And then, as well as that, I have, um, now I keep forgetting this young man's name, but I have it written here Killing McGowan with us, and Killing's a comedian. And I'm hoping Killian is going to give us a few laughs and uh, tell us a little bit about his comedy uh, role. But first of all, I'm going to go and chat to uh, Catherine and I'll find Catherine on the phone here someplace. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Ursula. How are you? Not too bad. The line isn't the best I can hear. It's very, very low. But anyway, we'll um, we'll, we'll chat away. Um, Catherine Sheridan, director and producer of uh, Romeo and Juliet with the Roscommon Youth Roscommon County Youth um, Theatre. That's correct, yeah. Got it, did I? Yeah, Roscommon County Youth Theatre, yeah. OK, well, will you tell us a little bit about what's happening with the with the Roscommon County Youth Theatre? So, uh, we, are, we are back in the theatre after a long hiatus with COVID and we are staging Romeo and Juliet next week. And it's going to be on in Roscommon Arts Centre from Thursday to Saturday night. So we're really excited about it. Okay, can I just check there? The matinee is booked out for the two days, and then the eight o'clock production for the other for the last two days. Is there still tickets for that? Yeah, there's still some availability for the eight pm shows on the Friday and Saturday nights. Okay. And if we wanted to book tickets, how do we go about it? So you can book tickets on Roscommon Art Centre's website. If you just log on, you'll uh, find tickets out there and you can book them online. You can also call in in, per- in person to the Art Centre as well and they will look after you there. Okay. So um, just tell me a little bit about yourself. You are um, the director and producer of this um, Romeo and Juliet. Tell me a little bit of the other hats that you wear within the art field, Catherine. <laughs> Oh God! How long have you lasted? <laughs> <laughs> not that long. <laughs> um, well, you 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 have a long CV, I know. <laughs> I do I do a lot of things. I've been working working in the arts uh, since the mid nineties, uh, and and drama is is what I do as an artist. And I also do a lot of work in arts and education. So as well as uh, directing plays, I write plays, and I I do a huge amount of drama facilitation. Um, across arts and education programs. I do a lot of work with the Department of Education on the Creative Clusters project. I work with the Arts Council on Creative Schools and I work as well then with the ERSI centres and the education centres on their TAP Teacher Artists Partnership and their BLAST programmes. And then I do a lot of my own private work teaching drama classes and training actors and training teachers and uh, I suppose I get to play every day. I get to have fun, and that's uh, that's that's the joy. And I get to see how it transforms people and excites people and gives people confidence and makes them happy. And yeah, happy. I would agree with that. Uh, being in the dramatic society, being in the dramatic field, it does give youth uh, confidence and it gives them empowerment. So it is, and as I just say, um, uh, drama isn't just um, for drama's sake. It it, it does. 
it, it brings people out of themselves and, and promotes their uh, ability to talk in public. That's for sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I see that every day when, you know, when I go to work, whether it's in a primary school or it's third level or it's adults or youth theatre, you know, whoever walks in the door walks out a little bit different and, uh, and that's really special to me. Okay. Well, Catherine, the line is very, very, uh, I'm finding it, it's very, very low. I'm finding it hard to to hear. But the the gist of the uh, conversation is uh, Catherine Sheridan, director and producer of Roscommon County Youth Theatre, will be putting on Romeo and Juliet in Roscommon Arts Centre. Um, will you give me the dates again? I have them here, but... So it's Friday 28th and Saturday 29th of April at 8pm. At 8pm. And the matinees are booked out, so they are. I, I've been told by other people that I've been talking to that it's a very powerful production and that um, each of the characters and each of the um, cast involved have given it their all. So could we say yeah. break a leg? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And like the cast have been working phenomenal um, and, and just how they've grown and developed since we started, you know, as young actors, like they're 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 as good as any professional actor you'd see on stage. They put in a huge amount of work. They understand Shakespeare. I'd say if they're all doing it on their exams, they'd all get A ones because uh, <laughs> Shakespeare is a it's a beautiful beautiful language. And the more you spend time with it, the more uh, the more gifts you find in it. It's full of wit. It's full of humour. It's full of sarcasm. Like Shakespeare's brilliant writer. He's one of my favourite writers. And Romeo and Juliet is one of his most popular plays uh, and it's a really challenging play to, to direct and produce and to perform in because it asks for quite a lot you're dealing with betrayal you're be- dealing with forbidden love you're dealing with violence you're dealing with rivalry you're dealing with feuds um, and all this is intertwined and it's a, it's a cast of really strong young actors and performers on stage you know and we don't uh, we don't pull back any punches you know it's 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 all in it on stage and it, the set is absolutely beautifully designed by Martin Cahill I cannot wait to see it next week when we put it up yep. uh, there's a there's a gorgeous soundtrack uh, put together by Michael Foley who's also doing our lighting design and going to be gorgeous uh, we've beautiful costumes which have been made by Tara Tobin and Linda Pierce who's one of the cast uh, parents and so it looks and it sounds uh really really striking and anyone who comes to see it is in for a really really treat it's really fast paced um, there's a huge amount of funniness in it and a huge amount of humour there's a huge amount of action um, and I'm, I'm really proud of each and every one of the young people who were there it's their show it's not my show um, I'm just kind of the puppeteer behind behind the scenes uh, but they've, they've done phenomenal work um, yeah, and you well, should all come out and see it because it's, it's something different Okay, well, that's the feedback I'm getting, that it's very powerful and that there's great gusto in it and each and every one of the characters played their part. Catherine, I'm just going to let you go, so I am, um, and thank you for chatting with me. I'll uh, catch up with you later on this evening. And uh, once again, thank you for giving us this time on the Arts Programme on Ross FM. And it's Romeo and Juliet in the Arts Centre in uh, Roscommon. And if I can just give one big shout-out to... Yeah. Scotland County Council and the Arts Council of Ireland who have funded their projects and fund the youth theatre ongoing. Uh, we wouldn't be here without them. And a massive, massive thank you as well to Roscommon Arts Centre for hosting us. That's our little home. And again, 
without without all those amazing uh, organisations and individuals behind them, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be here. So a massive, massive thank you to them and a massive thank you to yourself. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at the show. Okay, I look forward to being there. Catherine uh, Sheridan, um, director and producer of Romeo and Juliet. Thank you very much for joining us on um, the arts program today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye bye. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now, that was Catherine, and I wish them all the best with their uh, production, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, absolutely thrilled and delighted to welcome Killian McGowan here. And Killian is a comedian. Killian was born in uh, Mullingar in County Westmead, travelled all the way around, and then came back to Westmead. You're welcome on the Arts Programme, Killian. Pleasure for having you, isn't it? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, pleasure's mine. I'm a musician comedian, filmmaker, but him here to discuss my comedy today. Yeah, I've been com- performing comedy on and off for the past number of years, and I've done gigged all around Ireland and the UK and also parts of Europe. It's funny, somebody asked me, where did my com- comedy journey actually start? It actually started, funny enough, when I was living in China for a year. Obviously, I didn't perform in Chinese. I obviously performed <laughs> in an expat that. bar. It was in an expat bar, and I can't remember how many years ago it was now. But that's where it started, and, you know, I moved home, and then I started to get into it more and more, and it just felt like an adrenaline rush. The more I just got up on stage and performed for people. And it's enjoyable. It really is. And no, I wouldn't consider myself professional, maybe semi-professional, but it is something that I enjoy nonetheless. And Can I just ask you, in an expat bar in China, is where you started, yeah. yeah, when you said China first, I was I trying to figure out if you could speak Chinese. Well, I... But I suppose, can the Chinese speak Irish, English? Probably yeah, well, Irish. a lot of them can, but yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think the main clientele would have been foreign... Expats. Expats living in China like mm. myself at the time. I mean, if you want, like, I mean, I did, I did make plenty of local people laugh there with my inability to speak the language at first. I mean, very, very tonal language, and when you say something with the wrong tone over there, it can mean completely something completely different. And yeah, that can get a lot of laughs too. Okay, okay. It's comedy for all the wrong reasons, but. Uh, and then you moved from China. Yeah, and I moved from China, and then I, I came back to Ireland. I was in Galway for a number of years, and yes, I, I started then to get a comedy and music event going in Galway, and then prior to the pandemic, and that didn't go ahead, unfortunately. But there was another gentleman who was also running a comedy venue there as well, and... Yes, then we got in touch, and since things now have gone back to normal, the world did end for a temporary period, but now we're back to how we were as before, and yes, we're we're now putting our ideas together, and we're the first gig we're doing together now will be at the end of the month on Friday the 28th in Atlone, and it will be in the Brazen Monkey, and it will feature some of the best acts in the country as well. So there'll be other comedians there. There will be. All right, okay. The Brazen Monkey is on Church Street. It is, yes. Mm, it's a nice little uh, venue there on Church Street. Um, 
So you, how many acts do you expect to have? We are planning to have seven, including the two of us, myself and uh, my fellow promoter slash comedian Jason Della Roach. Jason Roach. Jason Della Roach is a stage name, but we have another number of acts. We have a well-known Sligo comedian. He'd be big within kind of the Sligo community. His name is Ross McCarthy. And we have a couple of Dublin comedians, or comedians, should I say, um, Joe Heffernan, known by their stage name, Falamat Joe, and then there's another lady known by the name of Tara, Tara O'Sullivan. And we have a local Atlone comedian as well. His name is Alexander George Ivanov. He's originally from Siberia, but he's an Atlone native, nonetheless. And then we have our headline act. He was a former wrestler. Now he's a turned comedian. I don't know his real name, but his stage name is Kigo. Okay. And he's he's a, he's becoming a very big name now within the comedy scene. So we're honoured to have him as our headline act. And yes, we are also mainly honoured to just bring a bit of comedy to it alone. What um, I was explaining to a journalist who promoted the event in the Westmead Examiner. What's my main inspiration behind this? Well, it's to to bring a bit of comedy to Atlone. Atlone, along with several other uh, towns within the Midlands and the west of Ireland, doesn't really have many... It doesn't have resident comedy clubs. It's, mm. It is quite non-existent in a lot of Ireland. It's, it's, quite, it's quite, you know, robust within Dublin and to a lesser extent Cork and there are a couple of comedy venues in some cities like Galway and Limerick and bigger towns like Sligo and whatnot. But I feel it's it's still within growth stage in Ireland. It doesn't um it's not it isn't really at the peak it or at the level it, it deserves to be. It is lagging behind other countries and yes I'm not here personally to to change that. I'm just, but I like to feel I'm contributing to it in some way. So you actually see that there is a, an opening for a comedy club in Athlone. Yes, and the plan is we are going to have this at the end of the month. Twenty eighth of April. and we are considering maybe having it again in June. We may consider having it a bi monthly thing. Yeah, monthly would be a good idea but we want it to still be a special occasion we still want it we don't want it to kind of go stale as I say so yes I we are considering coming back and having it in June but that's further down the line this April is what we're focusing on at the moment so Killian, um if we wanted to follow your comedy group mm-hmm. um, do you have a name on the group yeah so the name of the comedy event it's called On Shomer Spree so that literally I translates to the fun room. <laughs> the fun room. It's. I mean, it's. It can be. It can be a fun room if uh, the comedy's good. So I mean, yes, we're. We're not, particularly based in any particular town, where, we are, as I say, doing our first night now in Atlone, and it was. It was originally the plan was to, have a regular comedy event in Galway. And it started off earlier on last year, it, and we kind of changed pastures because 
there's I mean I won't get into it's it's all kind of legal stuff so but anyway nonetheless we decided then to branch out and go beyond Galway and go to not base ourselves in one town or one city but kind of various towns to be flexible yeah we're going to be flexible we're doing it loan first off this is where it starts and we're even here we're even considering maybe doing Roscommon as well further down the line I mean with uh, the railway bar and yes we we have a number of towns on the we have a number of towns in the loop there's like Ennis there's yeah maybe Gort and Galway sort of possibly Navin we're, t- we're just we're really just brainstorming at the moment but it's can I, can I just ask you the name of your comedy group is Shoma Spree on Shoma Spree on yeah. Shoma Spree can you spell that for sure, us sure no problem so uh, so on in there and and then Shomra being S E O M R A and then Spree being S P R A O I so it's on Shomra Spree it's just one word we do have a Facebook page but we do have an Instagram page as well and there is a link to the Eventbrite page if anybody does wish to purchase a ticket as well and can I just go back on Shomer Spree is that the name on Facebook on the uh, Instagram yes. or whatever else I'm not very good on this technology no, no, yeah, yeah, it's the name on and the then book, the link yes. is there to wherever your comedy club is yeah, going to be and that's where you'll yes. be advertising there will be advertising our event and tickets should anybody be interested as well so yes that's the that's the plan I know we can't say how much the tickets are but can we get the tickets on the door when you're in um, yes absolutely there'll just be just an extra there'll just be an extra small extra charge at the door then there will be online but yes there will be still tickets available hopefully at the door and the, the plan is to kind of get people going and get on with the show make, okay. make an impact so at what time does the show start at? the show gets underway at half past eight the doors will be opening at eight the acts will probably be coming at around that time get them sorted provide the snacks complimentary snacks on on us and yes and then welcome them all in and then let start the show, the show. let the show begin on Shoma Spree yes we decided to go with an Irish Gaelic name I mean I myself I'm, an, I'm a fluent Irish speaker and I'm an advocate for the language as well of course the comedy is going to be in English but Perhaps, you know, I am planning to hopefully have an Irish language comedy gig in the near future. Just, I mean... There's actually there's actually an Irish group gathering. There's people gathering in that loan speaking uh, Irish. Yes, I heard. Yeah, so if you need any contact for that, I can give you that contact Perfect. off air. I'll, I'll sort that out for you later on. Good. I don't exactly know where they meet, but I know there's a lot of people uh, promoting... Uh, speaking through Gaelic, right. so I did see I did see that in the promotional email before, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll do that to you. Okay. So now it's uh, a on s e o m r a s p r a o i. Um, that's yeah, the name that's of your the comedy group, and it's all, it's on. And then Shomer's free is all one word. Yeah, it's it's all one word. Now I think on the Facebook it would probably be two words, but it's one word on Instagram for sure. And yes, it's. It's a work in progress, and like like comedy, like the comedy scene in Ireland, it is a work in progress, and we're just here to kind of help contribute to making 
comedy a a norm within within Ireland not just not just be a hobby for a lot of people I feel it is growing and it has made terrific progress but mainly in Dublin and in Cork however what? in the other in everywhere else in Ireland it's still a fairly behind. we'll be keeping an eye on you Killian McGowan no we'll be keeping an eye on Shomer's Free as well and see how you know I wish you all the luck all the best in the world and uh, maybe when you get your uh, Irish comedy club together as well because I, I think there's an opening for that Irish has been spoken more and more and it's coming in more into focus uh, and maybe we'll ask you to come back in and tell us about that again I'll be more than happy to Killy McGowan, thank you for joining us on the Arts Programme. Pleasure. And we wish you well. That's um, Killy McGowan um, and his um, comedy night will start on the 28th of April in the Brazen Monkey in Athlone. It's on Church Street and um, I think uh, Killy will say you're more than welcome. I think that's what he would say. Thoris Chuck. Yeah, I think that's what he probably would say. Thoris Chuck. Our next guest, who is uh, John Connell, and he's going to be talking about. I don't know. You've seen it all over the, all over the television, all over the newspapers. I think it was even in the Farmers Journal. If I, I could be wrong on that one. I'll have to check that. Uh, our next guest is John Connell, and he's talking about Granard Booktown. It's it's a hard word to say. It's hard to get. John, you're welcome. Hello, Ursula. It's great to be here, and uh, hello to all the listeners uh, in the Roscommon region. And in the Longford region? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you have a, a history. Yes. Uh, well, I'm a writer, I'm a farmer, I'm a journalist, and a documentary maker. Uh, I grew up in a place called Banlalee in County Longford. Uh, my near listeners probably heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Sean and, McEwen. Um, I've worked in the media mostly for most of my uh, working life. Uh, I'm a professional writer, and uh, people will probably know me from my number one bestseller, The Cow Book, which was an international bestseller and toured all around the world with it. And uh, I'm bringing my skills along with a group of volunteers to set up Ireland's first official book town. Uh, a book town is part of the uh, international community of book towns. Uh, which are found all around the world, uh, but there isn't one in Ireland, so we've set one up in Granard in North Longford, and the opening festival happens this weekend. Right now, can you tell me how you found out about the Booktown Festival? Yeah, I well, thought it was an interesting that's a great story. story Arthur, yeah, uh, yeah. I was touring with the Cow Book, and uh, I ended up in a place called Wigtown in Scotland. And uh, Wigtown is a small little place, uh, a little bit a little bit smaller than Granard, I would say, a uh, population of about a thousand. Um, and Wigtown was suffering a rural decline about 25 years ago, and it was decided uh, by a group of volunteers, not like ourselves, not unlike ourselves, that uh, they would set up a book town. Um, it was modelled on the international community, so essentially you're probably wondering what a book town is. Yeah. It's a town that takes books at its heart. So you'll set up bookshops, you'll have a book festival, you try and create what we call literary tourism. And of course, Longford has a long tradition of literary tourism from people coming to uh, find out about Oliver Goldsmith, but also Maria Edgeworth. But more recently, we've produced a new crop of writers and journalists from Shauna Kinnear, one of our patrons. Uh, Shauna works with the George Clooney's Foundation in New York. We've also um, produced Belinda McKeown, a yeah. Faber Memorial Prize winner, as well as Adrian Duncan. And Adrian uh, has been shortlisted for a number of prizes and won the John McGarn uh, inaugural literary prize uh, a couple of years ago. 
So there is a tradition of uh, books, it would seem, in Longford, and it's a really, uh, it's a literary place, not unlike Roscommon, not unlike the other counties, uh, and we wanted to take that and celebrate it and encapsulate it into the festival. And you have a big line-up here. I'm looking at the pictures of the line-up, and some of them I do know. Um, yes, there's a big line-up here. And you're right, um, hadn't thought about Longford being, because we've uh, uh, Albert Goldsmith as well, I mean, all the extent of, of Longford is, is full of literary books, yes. poetry. Um, we have a strong tradition of yeah. literature and poetry. Yeah. Uh, and journalists. Uh, a lot of a lot of yeah, well, there is. a lot of uh, well known journalists um, have come through Longford or been from Longford. Um, I'm not sure what the cause of all this literariness is. But uh, I suppose the schools have a big role to play and uh, the love of literature. People in Longford seem to be good readers and, uh, you know, we've tried to programme a festival that um, has something for everyone. Uh, we have writers coming from right around the world, including uh, Professor Tim Flannery all the way from Australia, Shauna Kinnear, who I mentioned, is coming from New York, Sally Hayden, who won the Orwell Prize with her book uh, My Fourth Time We Drowned and the Michael Dion Prize. Uh, they, those two will actually be in conversation, as well as national authors such as Donal Ryan, Moncon yeah. McGann, yeah. Um, and uh, writers from the Longford region who may not be living there now, but Adrian Duncan um, uh, and people like that. So we've tried to program something really good. I suppose many of the events are sold out, but I want to encourage people to come to talks such as Professor Tim Flannery's. Tim it would be a good friend of uh, David Attenborough's. Tim is a leading expert on climate change. He's also a mammologist, discovered a number of uh, undiscovered animals uh, in Papua New Guinea, previously unknown to science. Uh, Tim will be joining us on Saturday as the headline event in conversation with RTE's Ella McSweeney, who people might know from ear to the ground. Yes. Um, and uh, we have Sinead Burke, the accessibility and fashionista campaigner. Uh, Sinead will be in conversation with RTE's Rick O'Shea. And Rick O'Shea, as people might know, runs Ireland's biggest book club with nearly 40,000 members. Uh, and Rick is actually one of our patrons. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. And another event that there are t still tickets available for is Mark Tighe, co-author of Champagne Football, for his huge best-selling book on the investigation into the FAI uh, and uh, its uh, financial uh, troubles a few years ago. So that will, will be a really interesting conversation, and tickets are still available for that. So... It's going to be a big weekend. There's a heck of a lot happening, and we have trad sessions happening each night in pubs in the town itself. Um, what do we say? Um, phase. Where we have phase uh, John V's, which is at the other end of the town, and, and I'd say the Bay Horse. And Clancy's the Bay Horse. So yeah. we have events happening in the pubs uh, on each of the three nights. Uh, we want people to come down. The, the music is free; it's traditional music. We want people to enjoy the music, have a joke, and maybe have a conversation with some of the writers who are in town for the night and get to meet some of the literary stars that we're bringing to Granard. Now, I just want to ask you, and I'm conscious we're not on there yet. Um, um, the little boy that was on the um, toy show. Yes, Adam King. Couldn't think of his name. Adam is coming with his dad, David King, and they're doing a workshop. That actually sold out uh, probably within the first two days. Um, it's going to be a very special gathering. We want to, When we were programming the festival, we wanted to include events for children. For children. And uh, Adam was the first one who came to mind. Adam and David's books 
are really beautiful and uh, Adam I suppose captured the nation's heart during the 2020 lockdown and the very special <coughs> show that followed from that and uh, I'm really excited about that but we also have another children's event with Shelley Corcoran Shelley has wrote well, from Longford book, from Longford exactly yeah. uh, Shelley has wrote a book called The Most Interesting Person and it's about the multicultural Ireland that we now live in and a celebration of the cultures that make Ireland home and did she just launch that that has just been launched yeah. and we're having an, uh, an event with Shelley in the library on Sunday morning at 11pm or 11am I should say and we hope that people might come along to that one it's for kids and uh, it's free. Right, yes, I, I knew that she just launched her book, and I see Noel Monaghan is there. Noel is there. Uh, Noel is doing a, a reading of a number of his poems from his various work. Um, we're really excited to have Noel. He's a Granard boy, um, and uh, I think it, it, it could be really special. Uh, I first came in contact with Noel at the Patrick Kavanagh Centre. I was giving the keynote there last year, and Noel was presenting the Poetry Prize, and we had a great evening's entertainment. And I suppose Noel, uh, his poems would be uh, no stranger to people because they were on the Leaving Cert curriculum uh, for a number of years. Uh, he's a gifted poet, and uh, I think that's going to be a very special event. And I told you the first time I heard you on the radio, you were talking about Noel's cousin. Yes, Richard Monaghan. Uh, I had a, the book on one. Uh, the Cow Book was the book on one for two weeks uh, in 2018. And was broadcast each night at around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. It was late. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It's a late slot. And uh, w I had a section about Richard and uh, we would have bought straw from Richard when I was young. And I was reflecting on the straw that we had in the loft in the shed and how Richard had made it. And sadly, Richard is no longer with us. So it was a touching piece to remember someone who have been part of my life and part of our, our farming community. And would have been part of my life as well, so that's probably what, you know, when I heard his name yeah. and when you said what he did, I, I, that was what attracted me yeah. to listen to the... He was a gentleman. And he was a lovely man. Sure. And all, all the family here as well. The, yes. the boys have... Absolutely. The boys have followed in the footsteps as well, machinery, so they have. Um, I'm just going to chat for a few more minutes with you and then and talk to you about your books and what you have... Yeah, um, um, produced as well because sure, you do documentaries as well yeah, now just tell me is there a Facebook page for um there is there's a website granardbooktownfestival.ie all one word uh, there's a Facebook and an Instagram and people can find out information on the festival as well as booking tickets uh, for the three days of events uh, I will say things are selling out very quickly there's a number of sold out shows so people would want to act fast on that of course we want people to come to Granard and have a great time uh, but you need to get your ticket in time uh, as, as they're, they're, they're shifting very quickly and I suppose like if, if this, this year you miss your ticket and you're not able to get to an event, Granard has interesting history as well, I mean Granard Kill the Moat, the Knights and Conquerors absolutely, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in Granard Granard has also produced uh, a new feature film, Lakelands, from yes. uh, Paddy McGivney and Robert Higgins, which is going on national release uh, uh, next Fifth. month on the 5th of May. Um, it won the FLA, uh, at the Go it won Best Film at the Galway Film FLA last summer. Uh, so we're enormously proud of those boys. And uh, there's so another there's a cultural uh, hotbed happening in Longford at the moment. So there's another documentary on Clonfin, which you'll be. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, which was really good. And uh, I believe they're working on another uh, they have documentary. The, the Burning. Yes. <laughs> I was talking to them last week or the week before. Great. That's how come I know about that, yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's a lot happening in Granor, so there is. So here we are, we're back on air, so we are, and we're talking with uh, John Connell. Let me just get John back on air as well. Right, John. Now, John, before we go back to the um, Granert Town Book Festival, have I added a word to it? Granert Book Town Festival, yes. (laughs) I've got it the wrong way around. You have uh, been a journalist. You've travelled the world as a journalist. Uh (coughs) You've written a few books. I have. You're very much into the environment. Am I telling you what to tell me, or are you going to tell me what to tell me? <laughs> um, you're wondering about mm-hmm. my life uh, yeah. pre-Granard, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yes, I uh, was an investigative journalist, um, so I worked in Australia. I went there when I was 20, um, and uh, I got to study for six months, and I got a scholarship, and I ended up staying for six years. Uh, I worked um, in human rights, mostly, um, and my first documentary which won the Walkley Award, which is the Australian equivalent of the Pulitzer, uh, resulted, or was a result of me investigating a health crisis in remote Aboriginal communities in Northern Australia. Um, That sort of planted the seed in me of wanting to uh, tell stories. I suppose I'm a storyteller, that's my job, uh, whether it's uh, non-fiction or fiction. Um, And it was during that time, I suppose, I I was always in love with the written word. um, And I wrote a short story in college, which was included in an anthology uh, and and later in a national anthology of the best Australian stories. And I got a book deal uh, to write uh, my first book uh, called The Ghost Estate, which was about the um, 2007 financial crash and what resulted from that. Um, And uh, that started me working in both books and TV. Um, I would have worked for many years making uh, television programs. I worked uh, for SBS, um, the public service broadcaster in Australia, and made a number of programs about uh, the various migrant communities who now call Australia home. So our first documentary was called Africa to Australia, and that won about a dozen international awards, and it told the story of the new migrants to Australia who had made Australia home. Some were refugees, some were economic migrants, but all of them were a new group of people who had come to Australia. Um, And that led on to another documentary called China to Australia, but the Chinese community. And the Chinese community was very interesting because they have been there since uh, the settlement of Australia. It's a very old community and has been. Um, So we talked to a number of Chinese uh, people and uh, uh, ethnic groups within it, including Tibetan and Uyghur people. Um, But I was always in love with the word. And uh, I came back to Ireland to write my last attempt at doing a book um, to see could I make it as a writer. I was 29 and uh, I was working on the farm and I decided to, uh, after some prompting, to write uh, a book about my life. I'd been writing fiction for years and not having a great deal of success with it, um, so I decided to write a memoir which was called The Cow Book about my life uh, as a farmer returning to the land Um, and I suppose, Ursula, little did I know it would turn into such a success uh, and, um, you know, it spent 37 weeks in the bestsellers list. It was something that uh, uh, blew me away. But I suppose it was a universal story because it was a story of returning to the land. It was a story of family farming. It was also a story of fathers and sons. Uh, it detailed my relationship with my dad at the time. Um, and I suppose a lot of people found a connection to it. You know, there's over 100,000 farming families in Ireland. So there's a lot of people connected to the earth. 
What I didn't realise was that the story would resonate around the world, especially when it was published in America and Australia, um, not just to the Irish community, but to the farming communities around the world. Uh, and that led on to, um, I suppose, my most recent investigative work, which was working with migrant um, farm workers in the southern states of America. Okay. I was documenting their lives. They were mostly Mexican and Central American people, uh, and I was doing that in 2020. And, of course, COVID put paid to that, but I have been working on a new book uh, about sheep farming, and uh, part of the story of the migrant workers has been detailed in that, and the trials and tribulations and great adversities that those people face has been detailed in it. It's, um, it's something that uh, refuses to go away. Uh, human rights and equality is something I care a great deal about. But in recent years, I suppose I've gotten very interested, and you touched upon it, with environmentalism. Uh, it is also the great issue of our time. Uh, I um, have returned uh, from a few months ago of documenting wild salmon numbers in uh, Asturias in northern Spain. Um, and sadly, the picture there is not a good one. The salmon are nearly all gone uh, due to overfishing and climate change. So this is something that I've, I've been dealing with uh, in fiction but I f and, and non-fiction. I've done an essay uh, for BBC Radio 4 about it. Uh, but I feel that, um, as Pope Francis calls it, the cry of the earth. And the cry of the earth is a very loud one at the moment, so we all need to take heed of uh, the climate catastrophe that's on the way if we don't act in time and get those temperatures down. I totally agree with you. I remember when we were children, we called them clags, so we drove from Colaharty yes, to Mullingar, yes, yeah, yeah. and the window screen was full of these flies. Mm. The light bulbs were full of these flies. Now we can drive from here to wherever. We don't see them. Yeah, well, we're... we're you know, I don't know much about them, but I mean... Yeah, I know. the I, uh, Just from my own experience, the flags have become less. I mean, yeah. we are dealing with a denuded nature. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with... Concrete. A nature, uh, with concrete. We're dealing with a nature that uh, is on an ecological edge. Yes. Um, so... And I don't see how we're going to start going back. Well, I suppose this is the great job of now, uh, to make sure that we can protect the environment. Um, you know, there's protections being set up. I'm due to go to Brazil to look at the rainforest destruction. And, you know, there's something really magical that has happened in Brazil uh, because Lula has been re-elected and he has made a promise to stop deforestation of the rainforest in Brazil. Um, so that is a really powerful thing because... The former president, uh, Bolsonaro, was all for knocking down the Amazon. And the Amazon is on a, as I said, the phrase, ecological edge. But uh, if much more of it is cut down, it will not be able to replace itself. So the election of Lula is something that has been a really positive thing in terms of protecting the environment, in terms of protecting the biosphere. Because if we lose the Amazon, we've lost the war. Yeah, I've heard that before. Now, I just want to ask you one other question. Did you do a documentary or a programme where you walked from Kilo to various places of interest just around the area, or am I imagining things? I did a book yes. uh, <laughs> called The Running Book, uh, yeah. published by Picador. Um, I went, I, I, running is a great pastime of mine, and uh, the book is a, details a marathon from my home in Soren, just outside Banalee, all around North Longford, and it details the history of the region. But really, it's a book about post-colonialism. It's a book about the examination of the colonial project um, from the British Empire, but also the Spanish Empire, um, and what uh, happened to 
the colonised peoples. Uh, so it details my journeys to Australia, talking about Aboriginal uh, human rights, but also my time uh, having spent living with the Navajo Indians uh, in uh, Southwest, uh, in the Southwest states of America, um, where, funnily enough, running is actually seen as a sacred act. Uh, it's part of the cultural life of the Navajo. Um, so I was there to uh, to talk to their vice president, Jonathan Nez, who's now the president of the Navajo Nation. And the Navajo Nation is the largest uh, nation, and they've pretty much regained all their territory uh, from, uh, from settlement and, and the encroachment of uh, the U.S. state. So it was a really... Um, powerful experience. It's a book about joy, it's a book about running, but it's also a book about the colonial project and what we do in the wake of colonialism and how it affects us all and still does to this day. I could sit and listen to you all day, but um, time is running out here. Uh, are you on Facebook, John? I am. Uh, people can find me on John Connell Writer. Uh, and that's C-O-N-A-L. C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Oh, is it E-L-L? Yes. yes uh, uh, I, I spelled it wrong then. Oh, yes. John Connell uh, they'll find me on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. Um, and uh, I write a weekly column in the Irish Independent, so you can hear my weekly views uh, there every Friday. Okay, every Friday. Now, let me just come back to the uh, festival. It's on Facebook. It's on. It's on. It has its own website, Granard Booktown Festival, all one word. Dot ie. Uh, we're on all the social platforms. Um, there's a lot of traction on it at the moment for obvious reasons. Uh, the festival is only a couple of days away. But people uh, can uh, book their tickets online. Uh, they're very reasonably priced. Um, and uh, we hope to see people in Granard this weekend. Uh, it promises to be uh, a great weekend of literature and art and ideas and a little bit of music mixed in as well. And uh, if people can come from the Roscommon region, we'd, they would be so welcome. Well, I'll tell them to follow the Thain. Exactly. Follow the tail <laughs> and it won't lead them wrong. It won't lead them wrong. You, you, you gave me a beautiful uh, edition here of the tapestry, yeah. which was featured in the RT News story on Sunday about the festival. And I, I've been reading it here quietly. It's a, it's an amazing work that was yeah. done by a group of artists from all over Ireland. No, from five counties. Yes, five counties. That was uh, the, the Bulls of Cooley. Yeah, the Tone yes. Trail. Yeah, so I'm maybe next year you'll be able to include the Tone Trail in absolutely. your... Absolutely. The Tone is something I have wrote about and think about a great deal because it passes through our land. Yes, it does. Uh, and it's a, it's our... It is our Ulysses. It is our foundational myth. It, we, the Greeks had their epics. The uh, the the tone is ours. And you know, a lot of nations, even older European nations, don't have such a rich literary story or foundation myth. So uh, the tone is something I, I greatly admire. And I live near Cornhill, which Cornhill, I, which, yes. which of course uh, witnessed it all. Yes, 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 yes. John. We'll have to catch up again after the festival and, um, you know, maybe talk about the tone. Uh, John Connell, thank you very much for joining us in studio. Uh, Killian McGowan, a comedian, hope to see you in um, The Brazen Monkey. Uh, Catherine Sheridan, good luck with uh, Romeo and Juliet. And for I have a few things I need to say here. Um, I'd like to say hello to Michael McKiernan, my producer. I want to say hello to him and to Dee. Dee, thank you for your message. Yes, we were off a long time ago. Uh, Christopher Hughes, thank you very much for the beautiful, and I mean the beautiful drawing of uh, Knock Church. Phil Hines, thank you for your phone call this morning. It was um, it was helpful. Stephen Eli, I'm 
going to be chatting to you, playing out with your music. Sean Kennedy, hope to do well with the backstage. Killing Dramatic Society, I was a member of this group, are putting on Sive. Oh, Sive, yes. I've been secured and yeah, um, putting on Sive. So I wish you all the best of luck and all the other um, events that are happening.